Gallup has just released its first post impeachment poll of congressional approval, and the results are actually shocking. For the first time in nearly 15 years, Americans approve of the Republican Party in Congress more than they approve of the Democrats. They've flipped a near 15 year trend. The impeachment backfire is so bad. Republicans took the lead in in approval in a year where the Democrats are desperately trying to maintain their control of the House. I gotta say, This looks like the biggest mistake they could have made because following impeachment, they are now poised for a crushing defeat in November. But these polls are actually interesting because they follow similar trends. Like many people saying the left has gone too far left with less people in this country identifying themselves as liberal, more people identifying themselves as conservative. It seems like the Democrats keep making these mistakes. Well, perhaps they finally realized that they were making mistakes. And now we're, we're, we're hearing, as of the beginning of this month, the latest investigations into Trump are starting to dry up. They may be abandoning them. Dare I say, maybe they finally learned to drop the years of insane scandal investigations against Trump and actually focus on issues. What's that? They're just smearing Trump in the media now. Oh, they're not actually planning to talk about kitchen table issues and advocate for why we should vote for them. I should have figured as much. The big thing happening now, following the latest smears and scandals, which failed and hurt the Democrats, is that we're seeing censorship of Trump supporters. We're seeing censorship on social media. And we are seeing Trump get smeared by these big tech companies and media outlets as publishing misleading false videos and, and, and things like this. Now, we've seen this for a while, but it seems like the next big play. And I know this is not necessarily coming from the official political Democrats, but certainly their allies is to ignore the fact that Joe Biden is a garbage candidate and to play up the fact that Trump publishes misleading videos. The reason why I segue in this regard and find it interesting is that The establishment, which includes people in media and the mainstream politicians for the longest time, were propping up these scandals. Now that it's all fallen flat and hurt the Democrats, they're shifting, it would seem. Joe Biden is being propped up. Joe Biden is being accused left and right. I I, I mean that literally, like progressive left and right are calling him out. And the media is lying about it, protecting Joe Biden, smearing Trump, and even the progressives are calling out the media machine for defending Biden. This is the next big play. The the shift is going to be from smearing Trump with scandals to smearing him in the press and defending Joe Biden amid every single scandal you could possibly imagine. But let's read the first news. What exactly happened with this congressional approval rating? Just how well are the Republicans doing and how bad have the Democrats done following this failed impeachment? Before we get started, head over to timcast.com slash donate if you would like to support my work. Work. There's many ways you can give, but the best thing you can do, share this video. Maybe it'll be a wake-up call to many people who are trapped in an echo chamber. And other than that, subscribe to my channel if you haven't already. Most of you actually surprisingly don't, but you come back all the time. I know because YouTube says it. So if you want to make sure you get access to my videos because YouTube has been deranking me and many other political commentators, then make sure you hit subscribe, hit that notification bell, or don't, you don't have to. I don't know. Maybe I just terrible at what I do and you're watching anyway, but thanks for being here for now. Let's read the story from the Hill. GOP approval rises. Democrats fall post impeachment in Gallup poll. The Hill reports a new Gallup poll finds congressional Republicans with a higher approval rating than Democrats in the wake 
of Trump's impeachment and acquittal in the Senate. Republicans get a 40% approval rating compared to 35% for Democrats. Now, this is also fascinating because we heard in the media all day and night, it was a sham. They weren't going to allow witnesses. Oh, harumph, said the Democrats and their journalist allies. This was a sham trial and the Republicans were just defending the president. But whoa, whoa, what's that? Somehow, even amid all of the punditry complaints, America actually approves of the Republicans shutting it down. Incredible. Let's read more. The Gallup poll found that since October, shortly after Democrats launched the impeachment inquiry, the approval rating for Republicans in the Gallup poll has gone up six points from 34 to 40. Democrats saw their approval rating fall over the same period from 38 to 35 percent. The disapproval rating for Democrats rose 57 to 62. I hate to say I told you so, but I did. And they say, but Tim is just biased, dude. You know what, man? I'm not always right. I've got some bad predictions, but I'm 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 right enough that I think when I can say this over and over again, that it's, it's been tracking this way for months. How many videos have I done about backfire, backfire, backfire? How many times have I said the impeachment is backfired? I got probably got like 15 videos of every single way this has backfired on them. They've fallen on their faces. Because like I said, man, you need to focus on issues people care about. Guess what? Healthcare. Really important. Where yet? Nowhere to be found, I guess. Sure. The findings are also significant. Since Gallup began polling of lawmakers in 99, Democrats have tended to have uh, to have a higher approval rating than Republicans. Gallup wrote that the approval rating for Republicans has largely gone up because Republican and Republican leaning respondents are giving them higher marks for their work. So basically what it sounds like is that Republicans are extremely enthusiastic, whereas Democrats are rather stagnant and more Republicans disapprove. Uh, well, actually, moderates and Republicans, I believe it is. We'll read Gallup wrote that the approval. Uh, right. So we read that. This, this was the most shocking part to me. Check this out. Gallup also found that Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell had a 33% approval rating, the highest number he has achieved since the pollsters started rating him in 2010. McConnell's figures largely rose in the strength of the Republicans, perhaps because they favored his handling of the impeachment fight. His rating among Republicans and Republican-leaning respondents rose 15 points. I cannot believe Mitch McConnell has gone up. That's impressive. You got to be really, really bad at what you do to, to make it so that Mitch McConnell goes up in the ratings because like <laughs> a lot of people don't like that guy. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's approval number remained roughly the same at 39%, though her unfavorable rating rose from 50 in October to 55% now. The Gallup poll was conducted. Yeah, 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 we get it. Now, here's something really funny. Mitt Romney, <laughs> Mitt Romney's apparently more favorable among Democrats than Republicans now. That don't don't ask me why. I don't I don't get it. But let's read the implications here, and then I want to talk to you about where we go from here. They, uh, Gallup says Republicans in Congress appear to have benefited from the impeachment of the president. Duh, duh. Please, how what what's what's a more extreme version of the word duh? Is there like a, a synonym for like duh to like a, t- a millionth degree? Trump was raising money before it went to the trial. He was his approval rating was going up. We knew it was going to happen. And now Congress, the approval for Republicans in Congress is that is higher than that of Democrats. I can only say, duh. And and I told you so so many times. Likewise, the favorable ratings of Republicans, Trump and McConnell have risen after the impeachment. Meanwhile, the public's ratings of congressional Democrats and Democratic leaders are the same or slightly worse than before impeachment. 
given no change in favorability or approval, but higher unfavorable and disapproval ratings. Say in the coming months, as America's memories of impeachment fade, their opinions may change. The Democratic presidential nominating contests have already largely superseded Trump's impeachment in the news. And that's true. But check it out. This story from March 1st from Fox. Democrats' investigations flatline despite vows to pursue Trump after Senate impeachment trial. I thought to myself, if they're abandoning all of these investigations, what are they going to go for? Perhaps, perhaps they've learned their lesson. The investigations were a net negative across the board every single time. What is wrong with these people? They don't learn. It took them that many times. It's been nearly four years, man, maybe five, because the Russia thing started in 2015. Well, now we can see what started to happen after this. There's always some kind of, you know, attack or manipulation. And I certainly don't want to imply that all of these people are working together. No, I look at it more like dominoes falling over. It was, it was just a couple weeks ago. It's about a week and a half or no, two weeks ago that Reddit, Reddit purged half of the Donald's top moderators and plans to replace them with Reddit approved mods. Let me, let me give you a quick breakdown. I'm just going to gloss over this very shortly and move into how the media has now been manipulating the conversation around Trump. And this will be the next big smear against the president. There is a forum called the Donald on Reddit. Okay. It's, ba- it's basically a place, the largest gathering of Trump supporters on the internet, basically. Well, they've been under hard censorship rules for some time, and it seems like what Reddit was doing, you you literally have a CEO who admitted to manipulating comments from Trump supporters to make them look bad, who apologized for it, who's even said he thinks they have the power to manipulate elections. And then we see this, the largest Trump forum gets their top moderators purged and Reddit that the company is now trying to replace them with approved moderators. Come on, that's creepy. Now, I'm not saying that's at all connected to the establishment party. I'm just saying you have all of these interests in high level, you know, technology companies, in media and in politics, and they want the same things. It's not a concerted effort. It's more like a standalone complex. I love that that saying. It's basically that a bunch of people do do something in a similar time or in a a specific way that makes it look like like a synchronized or, you know, conspiratorial effort. When in reality, they're all just using their power to the best of their abilities to, to you know, make something happen. In this regard, I don't think Reddit was forced to do what they're doing. I think they want to do it of their own volition. I, I think the CEO is biased and they're act- actively going to shut down one of the most prominent places for Trump supporters together. And mind you, according to, I believe it was MIT, the Donald is one of the most prolific generators of memes So this is pretty significant. This is a huge shutdown for Trump's influence from his base. But now we move on to the media smears portion of this lovely segment. Check this story out. I love it. Trump and GOP mount coordinated campaign to paint Biden as senile. The president settles on a schoolyard strategy to take out his likely general election opponent. That's been the smear the entire time. Now, I don't think impeachment and the backfiring you, you can't look at them and say these are the exact same things. But hold on. What did they claim about Trump in the scandals? It was always about going after his political rival. The big impeachment, the, the, you know, the, the, the backfire of it was that Trump was trying to dig up dirt on Joe Biden. They're now trying to claim in the media that Trump and, his, and the GOP are mounting a coordinated campaign to smear Joe Biden. That's been the entire effort the whole time. So that's the through line here. They tried to smear Trump as cheating and impeached him for it and failed. 
Now the media is mounting this fake narrative. It's, it's an exaggerated narrative that Trump is trying to smear his opponent with lies. That's been the through line the whole time. Check this out. I love this. You're going to love it too. They say, President Donald Trump stood before about 500 of the Republican Party's biggest patrons at his Mar-a-Lago resort on Friday and raised a topic few in the audience expected. Are you joking? Joe Biden's mental capacity. What? How could Politico write this? Everyone's been talking about Joe Biden's mental state. It's been all over Fox News, dude. Trump walked the donors through a list of Biden's recent verbal stumbles, such as his recent declaration that he was running for Senate. Uh, (laughs) Trump questioned whether the former vice president had the mental stamina to sustain the rigors of the general election campaign. But can I just point out, Biden didn't just say he was running for the Senate. He said he was running for Senate. And if you don't like it, vote for the other Biden. (laughs) He also recently said that we were O'Biden-Bama Democrats. He literally called himself Bama. Wow. Then the president appeared to give donors permission to leak his remarks about Biden to the media. I would hope you would not repeat that, Trump said sarcastically, according to an attendee. With Biden emerging as the likely Democratic nominee, Trump has launched a concerted, near-daily campaign to raise doubts about the 77-year-old's mental acuity. The president has been bolstered by a conservative echo chamber flooding social media with video clips highlighting Biden's gaffe. Ooh, that is just too good. My favorite part of the whole article. They can't help but lie and think we are all morons. Now, I I, I will mention that the Bernie Sanders supporters should have called at the press a long time ago. Because when people like me were saying, listen, they'll smear, smear Trump, they'll come for you in two seconds. You saw what they did to Bernie in 2016. You think you're getting a free pass this time simply because you stood next to them yelling orange man bad? The answer is no. They, won't, they will smear Bernie all day and night, the same as they will smear Trump. Now, I want, I, want, I want to highlight this. Look at this real quick. Look, they say a conservative echo chamber. You know what? I got to give it to Politico. They did excellent research. Let me show you the conservative echo chamber that I've been listening to, which has informed me that, yes, Joe Biden is, in fact, not mentally sound. Because like like I said, it's only conservatives, right? Noted conservative uh, uh, firebrand Kyle Kalinske, uh, who's got who's got roses in his profile, who said Joe Biden has sharp cognitive decline. You can't risk running this against Trump. He needs help. How about noted conservative Jill Stein? Uh, Is the conservative echo chamber good enough for you yet? Biden's team is trying to hide him to avoid any more of these inappropriate, bizarre and hostile interactions with voters and reporters. It seems he can't control his outbursts due to Biden's cognitive decline. How can Dems want to subject this man to a long, hard campaign? Or how about noted conservative firebrand Jank Uger of the Young Turks? who said Biden lies nonstop. He is going to get caught. Okay, the media is covering for him, but they're not going to be able to cover for cover when the Republicans come for him. And when Trump comes for him, he's not going to beat Trump. Now, I don't think I have to say this, but I'm going to just in case none of those people are conservatives. They're all progressive. Kyle Kalinske is a huge Bernie Sanders supporter. That's the point. Jill Stein of the Green Party is not a conservative, and she has a little sunflower in her name. They're the ones, they smear her as as a third party spoiler. She's calling out Joe Biden's mental state. Kyle Kalinske is. They all are. And Cenk Uger of the Young Turks notes in his furious meltdown over the loss of Bernie Sanders, the media is covering for Joe Biden. This could not have been exemplified better than this story by Politico. 
The media has been covering for Joe Biden every single step of the way. Now, I don't like to say, you know, that the journalists are Democrats, but come on, man. Come on. The whole impeachment fiasco was them covering for Joe Biden. You know that they, a court recently said there's, there's going to be an investigation into Joe Biden's role in the firing of the prosecutor. What, the, 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 the thing that sparked the impeachment inquiry, Trump looking into Biden, the media ran cover for Joe Biden, just like they're doing right now. His mental state is failing him. Progressives are calling it out. And the media, the media is covering up for it. And we know it. Which brings me now to how big tech is playing this role. Now, I know I mentioned the Reddit thing early on. I wanted to highlight that because I wanted to show you how the media frames it before I get into the next big smear. Check this out. Robin Voss video shows Joe Biden saying we can only reelect Donald Trump and they rule it as mostly false. Let me tell you what's really fascinating about this story. There's a clip going around, a clip that is out of context. I take issue with it. I'm not a big fan. And it was tw- it was posted by Dan Scavino, who I believe he's Donald Trump's social media manager. In it, Joe Biden fumbles and stumbles and basically says in a quote, we can only reelect Donald Trump. However, the full clip shows Biden saying we can only reelect Donald Trump if, in fact, we get engaged in this circular firing squad. We need to run a progressive campaign. The, 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 the video was snipped so that he stops and only says we can only reelect Donald Trump. I'm not a big fan because it creates the impression that Joe Biden accidentally endorsed the president. But guess what? This is called politics as usual. They have always done this, and I've never been a fan of it. I have no problem calling out the Trump campaign and, you know, saying you guys should not have done this, whether it was intentional, an accident or otherwise. Here's what's funny, though. In this instance, it is still more likely to have been accidental than intentional because it wasn't a campaign ad. Now, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm saying, you know, you could potentially, if you choose, give him the benefit of the doubt and say Dan Scamino just didn't realize because he didn't see the full clip. Maybe he saw it. He got the location wrong. More importantly, I have no problem criticizing it. And, and, and you should be able to criticize it, fine, you know, the same. The issue is Twitter has labeled the video as a manipulated tweet. You know why that's really, really funny? Joe Biden launched his campaign lying about the president and showing a snipped clip that did the exact same thing. Did Twitter fault flag Joe Biden's content? Did the media call out Joe Biden for lying? No, they doubled down and defended him on this. Let me make it absolutely clear. The Trump campaign was wrong to post an out of context clip of Joe Biden fine. They do it in politics all the time. I do not like it. I will absolutely criticize it right now. But guess what? Welcome to reality. Joe Biden made multiple campaign ads smearing the president with the very fine people hoax. In the full clip, Donald Trump says, I am not talking about these bad people. There were some good people. There is context here that was removed. And Joe Biden used it to literally launch his campaign. You want to criticize that? And I did do it. You want to criticize what Trump posted? Fine, do it. But big tech and the media are are protecting one side of this. So when I look at Donald Trump and his campaign and they post this, I just say, yeah, you know, welcome to politics. Do I like it? No. When I see Biden do it, I say the same thing. Up and until Twitter intervenes and flags the video as a manipulated tweet, it gets even better. 
I'm showing the Reddit thread on this on purpose because the first comment is Twitter is also shutting down accounts of videos posting him being weird with children. That's right. If you post weird, if you if you post videos critical of Biden showing him doing creepy things, you will get suspended. Welcome to the game. It has been rigged from the start. And I'll tell you what, I am very frustrated with the Bernie Sanders people for not calling out the, the, the complete and utter BS from the get go, because now they are using it all against you. They suspend conservatives. They have been biased against conservatives because they do not like Trump. And it is obvious. And where are we now? Now that it's come down to the wire and it's Bernie versus Biden, when the Bernie people are calling out Joe Biden, first, they get erased from the narrative outright. They try and smear Trump with it. But when the Bernie people start calling out Joe Biden, they get suspended on Twitter. Hey, man, I'm not going to rag on you and, 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 and laugh. No schadenfreude here. I say simply welcome to the fight. When you see the media machine come for you, perhaps now you understand why so many Trump supporters and conservatives have been calling for free speech on social media platforms. A part of me, I'm disappointed. A part of me wants to gloat. Told you so, but no, 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 no. Let's, let's be real. When the Bernie people come up and point to Joe Biden's mental state, I say, here, here, brother, you are right. I will always encourage good behavior and people saying the right thing. I'm not going to hold it against you. If you didn't call for free speech and now you're being censored, I will defend your right to free speech. If you're on social media ragging on the orange man all day and night, and then you call out Joe Biden so they ban you, I will absolutely defend your right to call the orange man bad. This is the problem. They're suppressing speech to benefit their establishment weirdo who can't speak straight. I'm not a fan of Bernie Sanders. Not at all. I'm a fan of principles and integrity. I can criticize the president. I got no problem. Bernie, Joe Biden, none of it. No problem. Bernie's got stupid ideas. Trump just posted a, a not a context video. And, and the Joe Biden camp, that guy can't speak straight. But the rules aren't being applied fairly. So my criticism shouldn't even matter. I can say a million and one things bad about the president. I can say a couple, uh, I can say a million and one things bad about all the Democrats as well. But it is a fact when you to point out that the media machine and social media are biased against Trump in favor of establishment Democrats. To a certain degree, they have benefited Bernie 100%. The media never called out Bernie over the Project Veritas leaks, and it's probably because they don't want to legitimize Project Veritas. So it's imperfect. Bernie gets smeared. He does. The media is unfair to him. They lie about him and they prop up Biden, but they give it to the Trump supporters so much worse. All that matters at the, end of the day, at the end of the day is that you recognize Jill Stein is being smeared over this. They're calling her a Russian asset now because she called out Joe Biden. They're pretending like the only people who are questioning Joe Biden's mental acuity are Republicans, when in reality, regular Americans are as well. They don't want you to realize they're trying to unify the party. They are going to try to excise the progressives and the far left. And I don't blame them. That civil war has been going on for some time now. Donald Trump responded to Twitter with a letter firing back, basically saying, if you're going to call our videos manipulated, you need to call out Joe Biden's. You think Twitter's actually going to do it? Of course they won't. Here's where we are. The Democratic establishment and the press have covered for Joe Biden every step of the way. For some reason in 2014, they called Joe Biden's, they called his family, they said it was soft corruption what he was engaged in these crony deals with Burisma that enriched his family, enriched his son. 
These other deals where he flies on planes, has meetings with government, government officials. The media called him out 2014. But what's that? Joe Biden now is about to run. Now that he's running for president, now the media defense steps up. Now, when it comes to Donald Trump wanting to investigate potential soft corruption, as it was called by Politico, the same same outlet that's now acting like Trump's just smearing Joe, uh, Joe Biden. They called it soft corruption. I believe it was Politico. Soft corruption in the family of Joe Biden. Today, the narrative is flipped. Joe Biden has certainly done nothing wrong in Ukraine. Don't bring it up. Joe Biden is totally mentally fit, even though we know that they are. Look at this. The new Biden, shorter speeches and less time for gaffes. Biden's campaign is hiding him. Jill, Jill Stein was completely correct about this. And you will see, while it's not everyone in media, I don't, wanna, I, don't, I don't want you to think literally every journalist, I think it's a mistake. The Washington Post is certainly calling out Joe Biden. But you can see there are, there are journalists that are aligned with the Democratic Party who will lie, cheat, and steal to smear Bernie, to smear Trump. That's the game they've been playing. Bernie is only getting the short end of the stick now because he's a threat to the establishment for a while. He's been for a while and they've smeared him for a while, but they needed to take out Trump. They needed to stop Trump and smear him. And they tried and it failed. Let me just wrap this up by saying we have seen the failure of the impeachment attempt against Trump and the defense of Joe Biden, because what you need to understand about impeachment, it wasn't just about trying to remove Trump. It was about providing a shield for Joe Biden so that if Trump tried to investigate him, they would lie and say this was Trump trying to dig up dirt on an opponent. When in reality, it was Trump just seeing a viral video and being like, look into that. That looks crazy. Trump even said in leaked audio, Bernie was who he was afraid of. So don't be surprised now. The establishment, they know Bernie Sanders is a better candidate than Biden in a lot of ways. I mean, come on, guys. You might not like Bernie Sanders because of his policy ideas. And, and I, I, I agree he's got bad policy ideas. But at least Bernie can talk. I know Bernie had a heart attack, but come on. Someone who had a heart attack and is at risk for another one with with socialist ideas, I think is a bad candidate. But at least they can talk. Joe Biden, they're literally pulling him from his campaign and, and, and stopping his speeches because of how bad it's been. He had two speeches with teleprompters that and he had gaffes so bad. They're not even gaffes. They're like mental breakdowns so bad that they became viral memes. That's how bad Biden is. And they will prop that up. They're nuts. So I invite the Bernie supporters to recognize how the media lies and how social media censorship is protecting now Biden as it comes to impact you. I am no no Trump supporter. I'm not a Bernie or Biden supporter. I'm fairly ambivalent. You know, at the end of the day, I don't know or care who's going to win. I think Trump is or I'm sorry, my my England, I I think Trump's going to win. I think he's going to absolutely win. There are some good things about him winning. And I got to say, I don't know what Joe Biden necessarily has to offer aside, you know, out of Bernie. But looking at these candidates, I view them all negatively. Like I wouldn't choose any of them. But you got to admit, when it comes to the economy and a lot of what we've at least seen so far in the past four years, Trump is a better choice in a lot of ways than Bernie or Biden. But I will be fair and say Biden should be out. I understand why people would want to vote for Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump. So we'll see how it plays out. Unfortunately, it's going to play out with Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. Very likely the media will use all of its power. The establishment will to shut out Bernie Sanders. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at youtube.com slash Timcast News, 6 p.m. And I'll see you then. Brie Larson is back, bringing us a woke feminist Nissan commercial, because obviously the first thing you're thinking when that dealership salesperson is talking to you about this beautiful new car is whether or not the car is in fact feminist enough. 
Yes, when people are trying to sell me a product, the first question I have is about the political ideology of the object and not the functionality of it. The commercial is really, really dumb. Basically, it's some woman being told she's not getting a promotion. We don't know why, but sure. And then Brie Larson like speeds up in the car and hits the brakes and she's like, hop in. And then she speeds around the city. You know, I don't I don't know why explaining to the woman that she shouldn't compromise. And then the woman gets out of the car like she pulls back up to the guy who refused the promotion and the woman gets out and like defiantly walks. I guess that's that's literally all that happens. I have honestly no idea what the point of the commercial is or, or the message they're trying to get across at all. I have no idea what compromise has to do with someone not giving you a promotion. If someone's like, I am not giving you a promotion. What are you compromising on? Like, do you quit? I mean, to an extent, if you're unhappy with your job, I can totally respect that. If you don't want to work there, if you're feeling underappreciated, walk right out. Well, we don't actually see that happen because in the commercial, the lady just like smiles and gets out. I guess apparently they released like a behind the scenes clip where you can see the woman was actually supposed to like, I don't know, walk past the guy or something and like steal his nachos from him. Actually, why don't I just play like, it's 30 seconds long. Let me just, let me just play it. Here you go. So I'm going to hold on promoting you this quarter. Cool. Drop the taco. Get in the car. Does this Sentra feel like a compromise to you? Wait, what? The handling. It's good, right? No compromise there. Nope. Watch this. Come on, free, free, free. We're automatic braking. So if this Nissan Sentra isn't a compromise, why should you? You're right. Okay, I'm so, I'm sorry. She says, you're right. She gets out of the car and that's it. Like nothing, literally nothing happened. But I really got to, I, I, <laughs> we're going to talk about the philosophy of these woke weirdos. I want to show you some of the comments. Obviously, the video is getting blasted into oblivion with 7,500 7, thumbs down and 499 thumbs up. The comments have been turned off, right? I, obviously, it's going to happen. But first, let me just say Many of you may be thinking, what is wrong with these companies hiring these weird marketing people to make nonsensical political ideology commercials that have nothing to do with what the car is? Okay, I get it. Rear, what was you say? Rear automatic braking? See, I remembered that. Let me tell you something. This is a good marketing person. I'm not kidding. You, you got to understand when it comes to this stupid BS, these marketing people aren't necessarily looking to, to sell you a product, sort of. They're trying to get you to remember the brand and bolster the brand and generate press attention. And in that regard, it's working out in spades. They got me talking about it. A bunch of articles have been written about it. This is how you generate buzz for your brand. And they're hoping that even though it might put a sour, you know, it might turn off a bunch of customers and they could potentially lose market share. They're hoping they're hoping it will ignite another portion of the market share. So basically, if they're looking at this from a marketing point of view, they're like, our commercial can sell us a million cars or something. Well, probably not a million, a hundred thousand cars. But if we do a woke thing, we'll lose half of those people, but gain a more active base on the other side of a little bit more, right? So they're, they're probably doing the math. Now it's entirely possible these people are just morons and have no idea why people don't like Brie Larson. And they're probably shocked to find that everyone is ragging on them. But before we read this, and I want to show you the comments from people, they turn the comments off. Uh, here's what I want to talk about with this video. Brie Larson also right now is being blasted on social media for hypocrisy because she's promoting, uh, what's that? What's that? Mulan. And people are saying that Mulan is bigoted and she's supporting the Chinese government and things like this. So she's getting torn apart. 
which says to me, she doesn't actually believe any of this stuff. She is just spewing word vomit. So you will buy her products. It is a marketing scheme. She doesn't actually care. Brie Larson is one of the most privileged people on the planet. She's probably her net worth. I don't, I don't know what her net worth is, but it's probably higher than 99.9% of people in the world. So she's going to talk about never compromising. That is behind the scenes thing where she's like, I realized that I came into this meeting and I had resume with all of the boxes checked or whatever. And the guy across the table gave me a bad mark. It's like, and have you ever thought to like, watch yourself? I'll give you a bad mark right now. You're a bad person. You are mean, arrogant, entitled, egotistical, extremely privileged, yet you think you're a victim. You got a narcissism problem, dude. All right. So anyway, in this commercial, I want to point something out. First of all, the idea of never compromising, refusing compromise, that's called moral absolutism. And while it might sound cool to stand up for your convictions, there are some things you, ref- you don't want to compromise on, and there are many things you do. So all in all, the message is this. Compromise sometimes is the smart, rational, adult thing to do. And I'll show you some examples The funny of what I, what, I, what I thought of when I saw this stupid commercial. But can I just point out, in the beginning of the commercial, the guy says, so I'm not going to promote you this quarter, cool. And then she's like, drop the taco and get in. Don't compromise on this. Think about how insane this is. We have no idea what this guy said to this woman. And that's exactly the problem. So often the message about this, I didn't get a promotion I deserved, cuts out the context. And we're left to assume that it was just an angry man saying, you can't challenge the patriarchy. We've come to stop you with a glass ceiling we've put there on purpose. (laughs) And then all the big fat guys with cigars start laughing. That's not what happens in real life. You could easily add one sentence before what that guy said, and it would make the entire commercial look extremely disturbing. How about this? The guy's eating a taco and he goes, we just had a massive decline in sales. Revenue is way down. So I'm going to hold off promoting you on this quarter. Cool. Actually, yeah, that, that might be cool. Or maybe he says, we just had an entire division get cut because revenue is dropping dramatically. So I'm going to I'm going to hold off on promoting you this quarter. Cool. Yeah. Or you can even get more fun with it. He can say something like we just lost, we just got fined one hundred million dollars by the FTC for selling those baboons to a group of kids in South Detroit. So I'm going to have to hold off on promoting you. Cool. There's a million and one reasons why that sentence makes absolute sense and why you shouldn't get all flustered and angry and refuse to compromise that someone's not promoting you. Now, I guess the assumption we're supposed to make is that the guy is going like, I'm a man. And because of the patriarchy, I'm going to refuse to promote you this quarter. No, that, that makes no sense in, all, in basically any circumstance. Someone refusing to promote you, and especially with that, that line, I'm going to I'm not going to be promoting you this quarter. There's probably a decent reason for it. In fact, he might even say we have to bring in a director from another company. So I'm going to hold off on promoting you for this quarter. Yeah, even though that might suck and you might be upset about it. These are legitimate reasons. Sometimes these people have to do hard things. Now, listen, is it possible the guy said, you know, I decided to hire my nephew for the job. So I'm going to hold off promoting you. Yes, of course, these stupid things happen. And to an extent, I can respect the idea of not compromising if it's an unjust, you know, refusal to recognize your talents and abilities. I just walk out. But it's not like some grand thing where I'm like, I flip my shirt and I'm like, steal the taco from the guy and storm off. I would just be like, listen, I'm going to start looking for work somewhere else. Here's what you do. Here's my advice. Don't get all bent out of shape. Don't freak out and get angry and don't take it personally. You just simply start looking for another job that let's say the promotion she was going to get was going to be to like, I don't know, director. 
of like, you know, a marketing director. There you go. Start applying for a job as a marketing director other places. And then when you get the job, say, I know you said you couldn't or wouldn't promote me. I got a, I got a new offer from this other company. I'll be going there. It's that simple. But we end up with this message that they always, they always create this worldview that every single thing that's wrong is a, is a slight against you instead of the fact that sometimes people don't get promotions. They live in a caricature of reality. People like Brie Larson, when she says in, in this, uh, this other video, the, the behind the scenes thing, she's like, I didn't want to be that person on the other side of the table anymore. I want to be a part of the conversation. Guess what? I mean, that's, that's, I respect that. I do. I do. If you want to run the business, you want to be in charge, man, do it to it. That's the best thing you could do. And that's actually the solution to the problem. If you don't like people giving you bad marks, I, I, I agree with her wholeheartedly. But I also think when she talks about, I came in with a resume and they gave me bad marks. Dude, you're not perfect. Yes, someone's going to give you a bad mark. You realize that even if you hired a janitor to like mop up your floor, the janitor might be like, man, this lady is gross. I don't want to work here anymore. And then you're going to get mad that that guy's holding you down. No, people aren't perfect. You're not perfect. Don't be, don't think you can win every single time. This is the snooty snowflake generation. Okay. Obviously I don't think every single millennial is a snooty snowflake. Snowflakes come in all varieties of generation, but she's the kind of person that embodies what this woke feminist garbage really is. She thinks she's the best. She's perfect. And she refuses to accept that anyone would give her bad marks. That's what she said that a guy gave her a bad mark. <laughs> and I get bad marks every single day. I don't care. I just do what I have to do. So, so again, I'll, I'll be fair. I respect that she would say, I want to be the one giving the bad, like on the other side of that table, part of the conversation. That's the correct answer that I respect. But this idea that like, you know what, I'll, I'll put it this way. I'll actually walk back a little bit. If it, like I said earlier, if someone is, is treating you like poorly at your work and not appreciating you, just walk out. But refusing to compromise is moral absolutism. I'm not a fan of that. Let's read a little bit of this. I want to show you some of the comments. And I'll actually, yeah, let, let me read what they say first. And then I want to show you, actually, you know what? I'm going to read this other story because they have the comments in here about the backlash. But I want to show you a comic book and explain to you why there's a, a you can't just adopt one of these moral philosophies and adhere to it like a religion. And it's also, I got I to gotta say, Brie Larson's coming off like, you know, to, to, to <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll keep the language light. She, she's coming off like a antisocial individual who spends too much time in the basement complaining about how they deserve everything, to put it, to put it mildly. Screen Geek reports a new commercial for the Nissan Sentra starring Brie Larson has caused some backlash as everything these days seems to do. The initial commercial saw Nissan disable comments on their YouTube video uh, for the commercial, which is titled Refuse to Compromise. At the time of writing, the video has over 3,500 uh, 3, dislikes. So it's way, it's way above that. When Larson was discussing the commercial, she said, it's great to partner with Nissan on this inspiring campaign, which is essentially about advocating for yourself and believing that you deserve a seat at the table. It's a powerful message in a bottle that I'm so proud, uh, I'm so proud to be part of. You can view the commercial and behind the scenes featurette below, yada, yada. And here's the backlash. I, don't, I wonder if these comments are going to get me in trouble. One person said, Nissan, eh? Just a moment while I get my little black book of brand names to avoid in the future. Just like that, I'm no longer considering Nissan for my next car. Get woke, go broke. Pushing an agenda to sell a car? I think it is stupid. So Nissan decided to not sell any cars in the US. Hmm, strange choice. 
Nissan driver for 13 years. The one, the one I'm driving now will be my last. Sick of this feminist drivel. Question, what makes Nissan executives think that Brie Larson is the best choice in a commercial to sell their product? It's the same for me as with Gillette. I'm done. They say there's no such thing as bad press, but there really, really is. There are a lot of people who are sick and tired of this phony BS pandering. It's not real. Brie Larson is a hypocrite. She doesn't actually believe anything she's saying. She is just trying to hop on the bandwagon because she is one of these ivory tower elites who grew up with a silver spoon, is worth more money than most people in the world, even combined. And she's going to complain about victimhood and not getting a seat at the table. I'm sorry, dude. When you're when you're starring in a, in a blockbuster movie that makes a ton of money, I don't think for the, for the most part you should be complaining about whether or not you have a seat at the table. Okay, I get it. You know, you're you're sitting there saying, but why aren't I exec- an executive at Disney? Why do I have to be a movie star? Mm, life is so bad. Check us out. What was I gonna What was I gonna pull up? I'm gonna pull up this. Here's what I'm gonna show you. This is a comic book. Uh, it's called Watchmen. And it made me think of this. The scene, for those that are f- uh, not familiar with Watchmen, the comic, they did a movie about it recently. I love the movie. The comic is great as well. Basically, the bad guy stages a major disaster to try and unite the Soviets and the, and the United States during the height of the Cold War. By creating a mutual enemy, it forces the two factions to avoid war by teaming up to fight against their new perceived threat. However, The superheroes all realize what the villain has done, but also recognize that if they reveal the truth about what happened, they would condemn humanity to death because it would result in nuclear annihilation once the two factions started fighting each other again. But Rorschach, he says, never compromise, not even, he says, no, not even in the face of Armageddon, never compromise. And it results in the superhero, Dr. Manhattan, vaporizing his body. This is a challenging uh, moral concept, whether or not you should compromise on your morality, like telling the truth or lying. And there are serious consequences to this. Moral absolutism is scary, in my opinion, and it results in zealots who go around doing dangerous, dangerous things that hurt lots of people. I don't know where the line is. What I can say is that you can't just choose one moral philosophy about what you should or shouldn't be doing. If you believe that your morals are absolute and perfect, you will probably find yourself deciding, you know what? I would rather the whole world burn to the ground in nuclear annihilation than to just compromise this one time. You want to compromise sometimes. I don't know exactly when or what what is right, but the reality is that not everything is so cut and dry that you could just decide the world deserves to burn because of what someone did to try and preserve it. Sometimes bad things happen and sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't ever be someone to advocate for what something. So the bad guy's name is uh, Adrian Veith, I think, Veith, I think his name is. Basically, what he did was killed millions of people. That way, it united the whole world against this perceived threat. No, I would never advocate for something like that. But it is a difficult question. And I'm not saying I know the answers of whether or not Rorschach was right or not. The other characters all seem to recognize they have to compromise. And he says no. But what's the alternative? I honestly don't know. What I can say is that people like Brie Larson are full of it. They will claim they will never compromise, but they don't actually care. And this is this is the main point. While I can sit here battling with tough moral questions about whether Rorschach was correct to say the people must know the truth, even if it means their own destruction. I don't agree with that. 
I think there is there there must be compromise in certain areas because there's a balance of utilitarianism and you know deont- deontological thinking, which is essentially uh, it's like utilitarianism. The the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few can be a horrifying prospect in certain circumstances. In this regard, telling someone telling the world the truth wouldn't actually help anyone, and you're in a, you're in a tough position where perhaps you have to compromise and accept you've lost. And there's nothing more you can do but to maximize good to make sure the rest of the people can survive and and be fine. You will compromise in that regard. I don't know the answer. I don't. What I can tell you is that right now, Brie Larson, uh, uh, I'm going to leave the rock out of this because I don't think he has anything to do with this. But I think Brie Larson is a good example. She claims to be fighting for social justice and all these good things. Never compromise, she says. Wink, wink. Yet when it comes to the injustices faced by many people around the world, she has no problem promoting promoting a movie that people are then going to get angry uh, at her about. But this is beyond just uh, Brie Larson. It's about the ideology itself. Brie Larson is supposed to be like this, you know, social justice personality, high profile and advocating for all of these ideas. But she's still getting attacked for promoting a movie. And it's, po- it's possible that she doesn't really know a whole lot about what's going on with this film and the backlash. But in the end, the point I'm trying to bring up here She has no problem doing this commercial, generating this buzz and saying, you know, never compromise. I'm a feminist. Woohoo. Women get your promotion. But then she doesn't actually know or care about what's happening around the world. She doesn't know or care about other social justice issues. In the end, you can't be perfect. Stop pretending to be. And if you're wrong, it's okay to be wrong. Here's what I really here's here's what I see. They go on to say that Brie Larson is getting dragged on on Twitter she is. She's getting torn apart by people who say saying that she's promoting, you know, Mulan, which is, you know, some people are saying like it's it's uh, something about it is it's racist. I have no idea. But there's people complaining about Hong Kong police supporting the Chinese government and things like that and refusing to recognize the oppressed peoples around the world. There is no way to be completely right on this one. And that's the big issue I take with moral absolutists like Brie Larson. Now, for the most part, I think it's a stupid commercial. For the most part, I, I, I will say I agree with some of the message that there are certain circumstances where you don't want to compromise. But ultimately, what I get from this is that Brie Larson is just playing this game because she wants to make money. She wants to use it as part of her personality and character. She's adopting an ideology that she thinks will work because she's being led by the nose on Twitter. Like if, if you watched my main segment yesterday on my main channel, There was an op-ed from the New York Times talking about how these people have crafted their own reality, and they really have. This idea of the man just rejecting the promotion for literally no reason shows the arrogance and the ignorance of these people. They didn't even give us a reason, and that's the point. The people who made the commercial didn't give a reason as to why this woman would would be forced to compromise and not take a promotion. The assumption is the guy did it for for a BS reason, but the reality is anything he could have said probably would have either been too much of a caricature, a cartoon, or it would have been legitimate. Point, the point is, drop the arrogance, drop the narcissism. You're not perfect. You can't be perfect. And outside of all of that, my personal opinions on the idea of never compromising and, and Watchmen, ultimately, I think it's absurd that Nissan and these other companies would continue to adopt these kinds of framing and ideology to sell a product. But you know what? Here I am talking about it, as many other people are. They're getting the brand out there, and they're going to try and capitalize on the reverse backlash. There's going to be a bunch of feminists now who, who slam me and say, Tim Pool's overreacting about a stupid commercial and blah, blah, blah. And that's the kind of buzz they're trying to generate. 
and it's going to work. So congratulations, marketing people. Welcome to the modern era. I talked about, there was a study I've covered numerous times in the past few years that shows that digital marketing exists in the same space on Twitter as the resistance. I'm not kidding. These brands that produce content like this from Gillette to Nissan to whatever, they they occupy the same Twitter space, the same conversations as the anti-Trump resistance types. That's what their worldview is. So they see this and they think people are going to like it. In fact, it's possible that some people are shocked to find that they're getting thumbs down and they're getting their comments blasted. But in reality, I think that the marketing people probably know what they're doing and they're going to take on a a divisive, nasty person to run their commercial. I'll I'll wrap it up with this. There was a big controversy that actually slipped past me, to be honest, with Brie Larson, because apparently she had a text list, like a text group or something. I think it was with it was with like Sam Jackson, but she was bragging about how she smack talks people because she hates them. She actually has a message group to talk about people she hates, and it created a big backlash because she is a nasty person. So you know what, man? I'll leave it there. Philosophy aside, I think the idea was interesting. The two the two main points I wanted to get to is why would you do this for a commercial? Why not just make a regular commercial talking about your car like normal? And more importantly, the refuse to compromise thing. I think is actually a pretty bad message. Whatever. I'll leave it there. Stick around. Next segment will be coming up at 1 p.m. And maybe it'll be a bit more important than me complaining about this. But, you know, no, I'll, I'll be fair to myself. It's not that I have, have any issue with Brie for, for like, you know, for the most part. I don't care. I think her ideas are dumb. But I thought it was an interesting sort of uh, uh, there, there's a couple concepts here. There's the philosophy of refusing to com- compromise moral absolutism as well as dumb marketing. So I thought it was fun. I'll see you all at 1 p.m. Thanks for hanging out. We've got major breaking news in the coronavirus outbreak. New York is deploying National Guard to New Rochelle. For those that are not familiar, New Rochelle is just to the east of Yonkers. It is the New York City metropolitan area. It's just a bit north of the Bronx. So this seems to be a bit serious. They've confirmed, I believe, 25 new cases overnight, putting the total in New York up to 165. Now, I want to stress this before I go over over, uh, the other news. Tucker Carlson recently came out slamming both sides, saying you can't downplay it, you can't cause panic, but bring up really important points. Notably, while we look at a global mortality rate of around 3.4%, you need to understand it's actually substantially higher for older people and at-risk individuals. Tucker mentioning that for older people, it could be as high as 8%. So if you're young, you're probably going to get a mild cold, you'll probably be fine. But many people do get hospitalized and the older, more vulnerable people are facing a much more high, more than double the 3.4% rate. We're seeing right now a doctor in California is demanding that schools shut down immediately. He says after uh, he, as he reveals three relatively young men near LA celebrity suburb, Calabasas are very ill after contracting the disease on an Italian ski trip. So these are young men, relatively young men that are sick. And now Harvard is ordering their dorms to be vacated. Please we need to take this one seriously. They're calling out the National Guard. I'm not, I, I can't tell you what this means, how bad it's going to be. I can just tell you what the reaction is. And let's, let's step aside all of the arguments about whether you should do nothing, whether you should overreact, and just look at what governments are doing, okay? It's that simple. What did China do? Authoritarian lockdown. What did Italy just do? The entire country of Italy is now locked down. And what's going on in New York? They are calling in the National Guard. They are taking this very seriously. While some want to tell you everything's fine, it's being blown out of proportion, that may be the case, and that would be the best case scenario, that it's just media hype.
But I can't tell you why the governments, various government institutions are acting this way. And all I can really do is I'll tell you this. When you see a crowd of people running in one direction and screaming, here's what you don't do. You don't join the crowd and run with them. But you also get out of wherever it is you are. Story I often used to exemplify this is when I was in Venezuela several years ago, and there were a bunch of people running away from the direction of the National Guard in this country. We didn't know what they were running from, so we ran to the West. They ran, I, I don't know the, the, uh, the, the exact direction, but from my, my perspective, I watched them run that way to my left. I turned around and ran the other direction away from both groups. What I'm trying to say is just because the governments are panicking doesn't mean you should do the same thing they're doing. But the CDC is now advising all at-risk individuals to stock up on supplies and isolate themselves. This may not be the absolute worst thing we've ever seen, excuse me, in terms of coronavirus. I'm sorry, in, ter- in terms of pandemic or outbreaks. All I can really tell you is that if you see other people running and yelling fire, perhaps there is something to be concerned about. Let's read about what they're doing at the National Guard, and then we'll move through these stories. Times Union reports, New York National Guard troops were deployed to a health department command post in New Rochelle early Tuesday. As Governor Andrew Cuomo said, another 25 cases were confirmed overnight. The deployment came as Chinese Premier Xi Jinping visited Wuhan, the city where the outbreak began, and declared that China has gained control. Now, I'm not entirely convinced they have. I more, I'm more likely to believe they're lying about what's happening. And it looks like things are under control because they're not testing any pe- t- testing people anymore. They've probably just locked down and said, we're fine. We're fine, everybody. Nothing to see here. A spokesman for Cuomo did not immediately comment on the addition of National Guard troops in New Rochelle, where most of New York's more than 165 cases of COVID-19 are concentrated. We're taking more dramatic actions in this cluster, Cuomo told CNN on Tuesday morning without mentioning the troops. Cuomo on Monday said the panic that you see is unwarranted. We have dealt with worse viruses, and that may be the case. So all you can really do is take a look at his words and take a look at his actions. Go back. And with the other viruses, did they deploy National Guard? Maybe they did. The troops are deployed to a health department command post where nurses are being outfitted with protective gear before being sent to gather coronavirus samples and to check on those under quarantine at their residences. In the appearance on CNN Tuesday morning, Cuomo said that New York and other states are not doing enough testing. And he noted that nations, including South Korea and China, have conducted thousands more tests per day, albeit with methods that may not be as accurate as those used in the United States. What you will see is the, nu- the number will continue to increase because they have increased. We are not testing enough people to know where it is. And I'll also stop to mention, at the latest count, I believe that there uh, are nine states that have declared a state of emergency so far. So keep this all in mind and act accordingly. One thing you should absolutely not do, like these lunatics on this video, what you're seeing right here is a a store opening up and hordes of people rushing to the toilet paper aisle. I kid you not. These people are insane. How stupid do you have to be to do this? First of all, you can't eat toilet paper. Why they're all rushing for toilet paper, I have no idea. But boy, are people dumb. You want to know why I'm saying they're dumb? Because when you have a viral outbreak, the last thing you should do is go into a crowded supermarket and fight over toilet paper with people. How, how, how maddening is this? You know what you do? You go calmly and quietly in the wee hours or when it's not super crazy. You go to a 24-hour store. You get food. That's what you need. But for some reason, people are so 
insanely stupid. They are fighting over toilet paper. I kid you not. There are so many videos of people with a shopping cart full of toilet paper. In Australia, they have armed guards. I believe this is Australia as well. They have armed, uh, I'm sorry, not armed guards. They have guards. I keep saying that. Sorry, it's not true. They have guards st- stationed around the toilet paper. That's how insane these people are. You got to be a special kind of stupid to rush full speed into a crowd of people when you are scared of an infectious disease. You're supposed to isolate yourself. These people are insane. No, they're just really, really dumb. Oh, I cannot believe this. There are a few things in the world that make me angry. I'll tell you what. This is one of the most maddening things. What, 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 what are these people thinking? Do they have any basic mental faculties to explain to them how viruses work? They think they're going to wipe their butts through this disease to survive. Are you nuts? You know, when you run out of food, start, start chewing on the toilet paper. We'll see how that plays out. Let's get back to this, the story, though. After Boston officials announced they are canceling St. Patrick's Day parade to limit crowd gatherings, Cuomo said, that's one of the things we're looking at when asked if they may cancel its parade. The state continues testing and mandating quarantines for those exposed to or infected by the virus. Of the 142 confirmed cases announced Monday, eight of those individuals were hospitalized. Cuomo tweeted Tuesday, there were 8,459 confirmed cases of the flu in New York last week. People are reacting like this is the Ebola virus, Cuomo said Monday on the reaction to COVID-19. This spreads like the flu, but most people will have it and they will get on with their lives. Yes. And what he's not telling you is that the flu mortality rate is 0.1%. And what he's not telling you is that most people have, I believe all people have almost, or I should say most, I don't want to speak in absolutes. There's no immunity to this. One of the things I was reading was that because flu strains can be very similar, you may have some partial immunity or your immune system may react much more quickly and better to the flu, hence a very low mortality rate. So yes, many people are sick, but we're talking about something completely different. It's, it's, it's an annoying whataboutism. The flu is bad. Coronavirus is bad. They're bad for different reasons. Stop acting like, oh, but who cares? 8,000 people have the flu. That's bad too, dude. So how about we take precautions because of the extremely high, well, relatively high mortality rate, and then we see the flu go down along with it? How does, that, how does it make sense to be like, it's fine. Other people will die of the flu and a lot more. That makes this disease completely okay. No, it doesn't. This one's novel. It's new. We have no immunity. There's, there's potentially an 8% mortality for the elderly, for people who are, who are at higher risk, compromised immune systems. And the same would be true, you know, to a certain degree with the flu, but the mortality of the flu is 0.1%. 98 of New York's cases are in Westchester County. And we don't, we don't need to read all that. Let's, let's, let's move on to the next story here. Doctor treating coronavirus patients are demand, is demanding a s- schools be shut down. So what's interesting here is that he's talking about relatively young men who are, extre- who are very ill, he says. A California doctor treating coronavirus patients has urged official, officials to close down local schools immediately after revealing that three men near LA's celebrity suburb of Calabasas are very ill. Dr. Sam Fink was a primary care physician treating coronavirus patients in Tarzana, the wealthy LA suburb just 10 miles from Kim Kardashian's home, has warned the disease is unlike anything he has ever seen. He says, quote, I have practiced for over 30 years and I have seen it all, or so I thought. Nothing has me worried like this, he wrote on Facebook on Sunday, adding that he has been shocked to see the impact of the fast spreading virus. Essentially, 14 men went on a ski trip in northern Italy, all have become ill. 
and all 14 have tested positive for the virus. Of the 14, four needed to be uh, four needed to be hospitalized. And of the four patients, three are very ill. As I write this, one had a significant pre-existing medical condition. The other three did not and are relatively young. This is a post he made on Facebook. Now, I'll tell you what. I don't know who this guy is. I don't know if he's more trustworthy, but I will tell you, governments have a vested interest in preventing panic. It's why Trump is downplaying this, because people will freak out. We're seeing the market take a hit. He doesn't want that to continue. It will be bad for everyone. If markets take a hit, if the economy gets hurt, and it is, that actually impedes our ability to develop vaccines and fight against these. So it's a downward spiral. We have to resist this. How you solve for it? I'm not the expert. I don't know. What I can tell you is you've got two considerations. The media will overhype things and freak you out. I am no exception for this rule. I will tell you what I see in the press. And if it is exaggerated, then I'm going to be conveying that same information. So be careful, but think, protect yourself. I, I don't know what's right. I'm telling you exactly how I feel. It's the best I can do. It may be overblown. It might not be. The, the government may be telling you the truth. I tend not to trust them. I think Trump is looking at a tanking market, a stagnant economy taking a massive hit. It's bad for him, especially in election, election year. And so he's saying it's just going to be fine. And a lot of Trump supporters are saying the same thing. That may be true. It may be the case. But here we have a guy on Facebook who could just be some, you know, I mean, it looks like he's a doctor. He's got pictures of him, but maybe he's not. I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't trust this guy. I can't tell you what to do. But what he's saying makes it sound much more severe. So when I look at Italy's lockdown, China's lockdown, the rapid mobilization and the deployment of National Guard, I think it stands to reason this is a lot worse than even the media is letting on because the media is only saying what they can say about the latest news. They say the three men traveled back to the United States February 27th after visiting Cortina di Ampezzo in northern Italy in the Dolomites. The LA County Health Department has confirmed eight cases of coronavirus among a group of travelers who recently returned from northern Italy. Sources tell the Daily Mail that the other members of the group who reside elsewhere in the US and abroad have also fallen ill since returning home. The news out of northern Italy today is not good, Dr. Fink said, as he urged the public to take measures beyond vigorous hand washing and hand sanitizing. He also urged schools to close and locals to avoid big groups. I recommend to all who read this that you avoid going to large group events such as sporting events and concerts. I believe that all schools should be closed immediately and classes conducted online, which is relatively simple. I know that so far, children infected with, with coronavirus have done relatively well, but they might come home and hug grandpa and won't do so, who won't do so well. Avoid contact with others as much as possible. CV in the United States is a relatively early stage, but it won't last there for long. Make sure you have any medications you need as well as supplies, but panicking hurts all of us. You know what, man? If you're one of these people who ran in full speed to Walmart or Sam's Club or whatever, or Costco, to fight over toilet paper, guess what? The likelihood you get this is going up dramatically because you are exacerbating contact with other people in a fight over something you don't need. Milk, bread, and eggs. That's the joke, right? It's going to snow. Go get the milk and go get the bread and milk. Got to get the bread and milk. Toilet paper? Who came? Who comes up with this? You know what I think it is? A self-fulfilling prophecy that people started snatching up toilet paper. So then other people panicked and started snatching up toilet paper. What are you going to do with a hundred plus rolls of toilet paper, man? I'm seeing these videos of people with shopping carts full of stuff. Are you stupid? You can't eat it. 
And all you're doing is risking your safety by rushing into a crowd. I cannot believe how dumb people are. Tucker Carlson blasts both sides for Chinese coronavirus response. In a few weeks, U.S. could be where Italy is now. He's right. He's absolutely right. Remember when I first covered Italy? Few isolated cases. They didn't care. I told everybody to buy some emergency food. Go get supplies from the store. Buy some emergency food, freeze-dried stuff. That, or Not freeze-dried, but like vacuum-sealed. And I think some of it's freeze-dried. Last you a long time. And I promoted a company. And a bunch of people started laughing. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying it now. My, uh, the local stores near us are having their shelves raided. It's not that bad. I'll admit, right now where I'm at, a few of the stores have some sections that are completely empty. And we were surprised to find that because I really didn't think it would reach us. I'm like, mm, I get New York. I get, you know, other Seattle because they have confirmed cases and people are freaking out. I'm in South Jersey. I'm in the Philly suburbs. I didn't think I'd see it. But guess what? We did. We, we, one of the stores is totally fine. We didn't notice anything. One of the stores has a bunch of shelves that are actually empty. And that was surprising to us. My buddy sends me pictures and I was like, wow, I really didn't think so. But you know what? I didn't gamble. As soon as the news started hitting, I was like, I think we should go to the store and pick up food now. Because here's the thing. We got what we needed. We didn't overreact. And in fact, I had one, you know, one friend of mine said, I think you should have bought a lot more. I don't think you bought enough. So I don't know. Maybe I didn't. But now we, we, we went shopping recently and it's like the shelves are actually, you know, some of them are just wiped out. Empty shelves. Not that bad. I, wouldn't, I, don't, I don't want to pretend like the stores are, are totally empty. They're completely empty. But no, like there were a lot of people. Massive traffic. Surprising. You, we, we, if I went right now, it'd probably be fine. But people are buying up much more than usual, which was surprising. If you didn't do that, you're going to find that if this does bring us to where Italy is right now, you're going to be in trouble, man. Italy is locking everything down. They're threatening people with, I think, three months. Like it's a, it's a crime to try and break quarantine. There are people who cannot go out and go shopping. There being people, there was a, a, on Reddit, they were asking people, if you live in Italy, like what's happening? And people saying, locked in our houses, using the internet, trying to figure out what's going on. Some, a lot of young people saying they're doing school from their laptops now. The whole country is locked down, all of Italy. So let's, let's go back. Let me, let me, let me get to that point. A couple weeks, a couple weeks ago, last month, when I said, "Hey, man, you know this could get really bad. You know, uh, if if you should buy supplies," and that was before the lockdown. Then Italy announced they are locking down some parts of northern Italy. Someone hit me up and said, "Thanks for telling us. My friends and family didn't want to go do it, but I convinced them. Now they are all locked down. The entirety of the country. We are seeing sporting events canceled. Serie A, I believe, has been canceled. The the soccer match. I think this is in France or Italy. I'm not sure. I don't know a lot about soccer to be honest." South by Southwest, gone. Google I.O., gone. People are being ordered to work from home. In New York, they're saying, excuse me, work from home. It, this is exactly what we saw in, in China and Italy, although it happened much more quickly in China. In Italy, they had a few isolated cases and said, we are fine. And now the whole country is locked down. Maybe it's an overreaction. But all that really matters is that we're seeing a pattern of effect. Every, I believe every EU country now has some confirmed cases, and it might be one or two. Right early stages. The good news is we caught it early. That's the problem. People say, so what? So there's only a hundred people in New York out of what millions We're fine. No, we caught it early. And we're telling you that a hundred people can lead to a thousand people in a couple days. Or I don't know what the exact, exact rate is, but if one person can infect, you know, 10 more, then we're looking at in a few weeks, the U.S. could be where Italy is. Total lockdown. Now, look, China's authoritarian. 
And Tucker brought up a really interesting point. Scary stuff, man, that Italy is a Western nation much like our own, and they've locked everything down and they're going to charge people with crimes. I get it. It's a it's it's a tough challenge. I always err on the side of freedom. But man, we're dealing with something that could potentially be, be potentially deadly. So I'll tell you this. I am absolutely opposed to authoritarian lockdowns. I personally would choose to avoid going out. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get anyone else sick. But what do you do, man? I honestly do not know. Let me tell you what they're doing in New York, though. New York's emergency surge plan for severe pandemic calls for Rikers Island inmates to dig mass graves to bury up to 51,000 bodies as coronavirus cases increase. Now, this is definitely shock content, to say the least. It is true that Rikers inmates go to Hart Island and bury bodies. It's a public cemetery, you know, people who can't afford to be buried, homeless people, old people, no family. So the inmates do this. That's creepy. And it is their plan to, you know, have the Rikers inmates start, you know, digging graves. Really creepy. I do not believe we're going to need mass graves, though. So they're trying to be like, they're taking an old story that, that, that is true and, and conflating it with the coronavirus, like as if this is really going to happen or a possibility. In reality, we know what New York's plan is. We know this exists. It's gross and freaky, in my opinion. But no one is suggesting we're going to need mass graves. I think that's a bit absurd. You take this old bit of information, combine it with coronavirus fears, and you get a crazy story that everyone's going to freak out about. I'll tell you what we should be worried about. If the governments are wrong, if everybody's wrong, the panic, people running into stores full speed to get that toilet paper. That's what's going to be going to be worrisome. Supply chain disruption, economic disruption, market collapse. These things are actually happening. Maybe even a run on the banks. I hope not. I'll tell you what, man, get some supplies, get some emergency food, hang out, play some video games. You'll be all right. Just take care of yourself and pay attention. I will wrap it up by stressing for those that have watched to this point. New York has deployed the National Guard. We are heading in the direction of Italy and China. For now, it starts with medical command assist. Italy was doing, you know, self-isolation. Hey, just, you know, lock your, keep yourself in your home. They went too light to, they, 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 they caught it early enough, but didn't react hard enough. Now they're reacting even harder than they should have had to. I can't tell you what you should or shouldn't do. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to chill out. We'll see how this plays out. It could be nothing. It could be overreaction. I don't know what else to say. I'll leave it there. I'll see you all at 4 p.m. on the main channel, youtube.com slash TimCast. Thanks for, thanks for hanging out again. I will see you then. Earlier today, a video started to go viral showing Joe Biden getting in the face of a union auto worker. And actually, it sounds like he says, you want to go outside, like actually fight. He calls the, he says the guy is full of S and a horse's A. <laughs> I can't swear. But here is the Democratic frontrunner cussing in the face of a union auto worker because he's concerned that Biden wants to take his guns away. And here's the best part. Biden does. He said he does. And once again, the media is lying and covering for this guy who can't talk straight, doesn't know where he is, insults voters, tells them to vote for other people. Yet this is supposed to be the best they could muster. They've lost the plot, man. They've completely lost it if they are propping this guy up. From the Daily Mail, you're full of S. Joe Biden in furious confrontation with union worker over guns as he campaigns in key battleground of Michigan. Joe Biden told a Michigan plant. OK, I think they're auto workers. I could be wrong. A Michigan plant worker. He was full of S 
and to not be such a horse's A after the man accused the former vice president of being anti-Second Amendment and wanting to take Americans' guns away. With Democratic voters from Michigan and five other states heading to the polls as part of Super Tuesday 2, Biden was visiting a Fiat Chrysler plant in Detroit Tuesday morning before heading to Ohio, where he'll watch results come in and address supporters. In video captured by CBS News, a man dressed in a hard hat can be heard telling Biden he's actively trying to end our Second Amendment right and take away our guns. Biden then snaps, tells the, calls the guy names. Biden then responded with an expletive. Bravo. Good, sir. Good work. Now, I, I will say, you know, to be honest, there's a lot of reasons why people like Donald Trump being kind of a mean dude. But let me let me let me tell you all something. When 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 Donald Trump, you know, re- calls Rosie O'Donnell a fat pig or something, that's Rosie O'Donnell. She's rich and famous. Joe Biden insults regular working people. That's a big difference. Okay, you don't insult your voters. As another individual jumps in, Biden can be heard telling the person, shush, I support the Second Amendment. He then explained that, like yelling fire in a building, the First Amendment, like First Amendment freedoms, Second Amendment freedoms are also not absolute. You can, in fact, yell fire in a building. At least that's my understanding. I used to think this too. A bunch of people got mad at me and said, Tim, you're wrong. Look it up. And apparently, yeah, you can actually yell fire in a crowded building. I didn't know that. It's not incitement. He says he has a shotgun, a 12 gauge, his son's hunt. Guess what? You're not allowed to own any weapons. Wait, what? You're not allowed to own any weapons. I'm not taking your guns away at all. Do you need a hundred rounds? The plant worker stood his ground saying, I did not say that. That's not uh, stood his ground. I did not say that. That's not true. Biden responded. I did not say that. Okay. So there guys need a copy editor. The guy basically said, there's a viral video of you, Joe, saying you want to take away our guns. And Joe's like, that's not true. Joe's lying. It exists. I'll show you. The worker responded that he saw Biden make the comments limiting gun ownership in a video. Well, it's a viral video like the other ones that they're putting out, which are simply a lie. Biden then said he would take AR-14s. He meant AR-15s. The dude literally can't talk. Why are we having a conversation about this guy? It is it is maddening. Don't be such a horse's A, Biden told the man for walking away. The man was likely referencing a video uh, Biden made with former Democratic hopeful Beto O'Rourke. That may be the case. That video was not Joe Biden saying he was going to take your guns away. That was him saying he was threatening Beto's wife. I'm going to take Beto because we need him for this fight. But there is a video of Joe Biden saying we're going to take your guns away. I'll show you in a second. Sitting down at Whataburger, he says, you know, yeah, OK, here's what they say. If I'm, I'm warning Amy, if I win, I'm coming for him, Biden said. Because O'Rourke had previously said on the Democratic debate stage, hell yes, we're going to take away your AR-15s. The clip was widely misinterpreted as Biden making the same promise, but it doesn't matter. If Beto O'Rourke says, yes, I'm coming for your weapons, and then Biden says, and I'm going to hire him for my campaign, what do you think people are going to assume? Joe, you're full of it. You're a liar. And you got an, you got a, you got an ego problem. At a Dallas rally where O'Rourke made his endorsement, Biden also pledged to put the Texan in charge of gun control. Duh. You're going to take care of the gun problem with me. You're going to be the one who leads the effort, Biden said. So I think we all get it. Now, let me let me show you how people respond. Ryan Grimm said there's a reason the entire Democratic Party structure from elites to the voters had concluded as of a few weeks ago, Biden was unelectable. Also, it's not AR-14, Joe, but whatever. Ryan Grimm works for The Intercept. They're very pro Bernie. Now, this to me is is fairly obvious why Joe's unelectable. He literally has told his own supporters at his events, go vote for someone else. Go vote for Trump. I'm not exaggerating. 
He's like, oh, if you don't like it, well, why don't you go vote for Trump? No, 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 no. You compromise. You don't say go vote for the other guy. Calm down, Joe. Check this out. Doug Hay, CNN political commentator and Wall Street Journal contributor, former Burr RNC campaign said, I don't think this is going to hurt Biden. And then we have this guy, director of rapid response for Joe Biden tweets. We will literally pay them to keep promoting it. They're laughing now saying that, oh, look, haha, all the Republicans are putting out this, this, this video of Joe Biden saying, you're, you're, you're full of it. Why would that help Joe Biden? And why would you pay for them to promote this? Because it doesn't, listen, here's the best part. Do they, do they think that Joe Biden saying you're full of it is him standing up for himself, him standing up for gun regulation? I don't understand because in the clip, the guy says, you're going to take away our weapons. And he goes, no, I'm not. I'm for the second amendment. Okay. So why would Democrats like that? Why would that be good for Democrats? He then goes on to call the guy a horse's A and says he's full of S and take it outside. It sounds like he's saying take it outside. Why would anyone like that? That's ridiculous. So, you know, this is exactly what I was talking about the other day on my main channel when I said they're in a bubble they can't see out of. They frame the world based on things that make sense to them instead of what's actually happening. Let me break this down for you. Joe Biden, front runner, presidential candidate, angrily confronted a union auto worker, insulting him and telling like us almost threatening him if, if, if what I hear is, you know, if what he's saying was take it outside, challenging the guy to a fight, essentially, because the guy called him out based on a video that I kid you not shows Joe Biden saying, yes, we're going to take your guns. Take it out. Here's a quote. Uh, Biden lies to this worker and claims that he never you he never said he would take away guns. Last August, he said exactly that about many popular rifles, quote, to gun owners out there who say, well, a Biden administration means they're going to come for my guns. That was, I believe, Anderson Cooper saying it. Bingo. You're right. He goes, he, he says, if you have an assault weapon, guess what? Assault weapon doesn't mean anything. The definition keeps changing. They keep trying to you know, pass new bills and the definition doesn't mean anything. In one instance, this was back a couple of years ago. One of the iterations of the bills they were trying to pass a handgun like the one the police use would be considered a, an, an assault weapon. So that doesn't mean anything, Joe. You're just saying we're going to we're going to arbitrarily define your weapons, then come take them away. Regardless, he did say, bingo, we're going to come take your guns. Bingo, you're right. I'm sorry. In response to whether they're going to take your guns away. Why would anyone think this is going to work? What I don't what I don't understand about the Democrats. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I took that back. I do. I do get it. They're in a bubble. They can't see out. They frame things because they live on Twitter. It's the weirdest thing. Now, Joe Biden is the least, you know, is the least on Twitter of all the Democrats. But yeah, they live in this fictional world. It's not real life. The, the, the marketing people, I guess. You know what? I think this is a really good example. This guy, Andrew Bates, we will literally pay them to keep promoting it. You would pay to promote a video of your candidate insulting a union worker, a working class dude. Why? You think that would play well. Do you not realize the people on Twitter are a tiny, tiny fraction of this of this country? It's around 2.2% of the U.S. population that is active on Twitter. And you would pay to promote a video of a union worker being berated by multimillionaire Joe Biden, who did, who's lying to him and says, take it outside. You people have lost. You have lost the plot. If, if you think this will work, listen. This worker, this auto worker, that's the working class guy you're trying to convince, the union guy. 
The Democrats are no longer the party of unions. I have no idea what's going on. Now, of course, that's hyperbolic. You've got union people voting for Bernie Sanders far and wide. That's true. But Joe Biden, the establishment, I have no idea what they're representing. It was back in 2016, Vox reported that the Democratic Party became the party of the wealthy. So I'm not surprised now to see union areas, union cities, like union voters switching to Donald Trump. Like, how do you think that guy feels? And what do you think he's going to do now when he goes and talks to all his friends? He was angry about the Second Amendment, the, the overreaching, you know, control measures he doesn't like. And he asked Joe and Joe could have said to him very calmly, hey, listen, man, you may have heard a lot about me, but I'll tell you this right now. I'm going to make sure that I do right by you, but I do want to limit these things. He could have said it calmly. Pete Buttigieg, when he was still running, was asked about pro-life, pro-choice. And he said he gave a good answer, in my opinion, the best he could have done as someone who's pro-choice saying, I know we don't agree, but I do hope that you would choose me to do what I think is right. And I'm like, well, she probably won't. She was unhappy, but that was the end of it. It was a disagreement. Joe Biden approaches these people by yelling at him, by insulting him. Look, fat. I don't know if he actually intended to call the guy fat, but his gaffes are getting out of line, right? Joe Biden cannot be president. He will not win. And if he does, I'll tell you what, I will laugh harder than I've ever laughed. I will laugh harder if he wins than if Trump won, because people would actually want this guy who, look, in my opinion, he's, he's facing harsh cognitive decline. He is not all there. He can't handle it. You want to yell at people and be mean? Yell at the elites. That's what Trump does. He attacks the media, people in positions of power, and his base loves it because they feel like for once the bullies on their side going after the bad guys, going after the elites, the people of privilege. Joe Biden's doing the opposite. He's a mean dude yelling at the workers. If you think that's going to win, you're nuts, man. I'll leave it there. Stick around. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. At the time of recording, hashtag Dem exit is trending nationwide. Now, Right when I pulled up this post, it seems like it may have fallen off the trending list, but nonetheless, it is certainly trending among many people. Progressives who are voicing their disdain for the Democratic Party because Joe Biden is about to win. Twitter is not real life. But as many of us know this, the people here tweeting about why they're leaving, and I have no idea what they're saying, uh, they don't seem to realize that they represent a fringe faction of people and not the American working class or the American voters. More importantly, many of them are young and aren't actually, well, they're not actually going to vote for anybody. And that's the big problem. Let me just, let, let, let's go over what Dem Exit is, right? So there was a story a while ago about, uh, in 2017, are progressives really abandoning the Democratic Party? And this is from Mike. They basically, well, I'll just, re- I'll just read it a, a bit to you. They say, after former Secretary of Labor Tom Perez won a narrow victory over progressive congressman Keith Ellison in Saturday's race for DNC chair, some people are once again trying to get progressives to abandon the Democratic Party. Because no political fissure is complete these days without a good exit, portmanteau, they're organizing under the hashtag DemExit, which has reemerged now because Bernie Sanders supporters who didn't go and vote are angry that Bernie isn't winning. And they don't seem to realize it's not because the Democratic, de- Democratic establishment is holding you back. It's because young people didn't vote for your guy. That's the reality. No, 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 I think it's fair to point out. Yes, the establishment is biased against Bernie. They'll hold him back. They'll do everything in their power to try and shut him down. We can see how they rigged the debates for Bloomberg against, you know, Yang, Booker. I mean, that was, that was funny. Booker just lost out. But they did manipulate the, the, uh, the debates against Tulsi and Yang with, with Yang. They didn't release any polls for like a month and a half. And with Tulsi, they, uh, well, 
They changed the rules so that you needed more delegates now. And the reason I would say that's, you know, rigging to an extent is that they they lightened the rules. They made it easier for Bloomberg to get in. And then as soon as Tulsi qualified, they changed it to make it so that she can't get in. Let's read a little bit of this. And then I want to show you what's what makes this newsworthy. What do you think the response from the crony establishment elites was to Dem exit? Do you think they said, listen here, Bernie Sanders supporters, we hear you. We're going to fight on your behalf and do right by you. Or do you think they went, Russia, you're all Russian bots. It was the Russia thing. That's right. When progressives came out angry, (laughs) I think they're all silly. The high profile resistance types who are going to vote for Biden started screaming, Putin, Putin, ah, you know what, man? These people live in a strange, paranoid, delusional state where they think Russia is lurking around every corner. They, they go outside and they see, they see Putin peeking out from behind the building and they're like, there he is, it's Putin, he's coming for me. That's what they believe. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm exaggerating. I'm making fun of them. You get the point. They watch too much Rachel Maddow and now they're convinced that the people on their own side who don't like Biden because the dude's brain doesn't work must be Russians. I love it. It's absolutely paranoid delusions. But this is why they can't win. As I've been saying in many videos, they they live in a bubble where they've crafted their own reality. And instead of looking at what is, they look at what they want to be. And they say, we're actually winning. The only reason people are yelling at me is because Russia. Have you ever considered that there is a civil war going on in your party and that you have lost the support of the progressive wing of the Democrats as you fight over insane nonsense? No? Well, here's what happened back in 2017. They say early use of the hashtag DemExit dates back to the Democratic primary battle between Bernie and Hillary. At the time, a contingent of disillusioned Sanders supporters and Democratic Party critics attempted to start a movement to encourage progressive Democrats to leave the Democratic Party and support third party candidates like Jill Stein. After the election, some Clinton supporters blamed Stein voters for the loss, though, as Vox's Tara Golshin pointed out, Those allegations are not backed up by the numbers. Even though there was no mass exodus from the Democratic Party or progressive rebuke of the Clinton campaign, some people refused to give up on the idea of Dem exit. These are the three groups of people most active in agitating for Democratic departure. Now, hold on. This article from 2017 from Mike, Mike basically collapsed since then, is arguing there was no mass exodus from the Democratic Party. Mm, That's cute, isn't it? Because now we know that 9.4 million people who voted for Barack Obama switched and voted for Donald Trump. I would uh, I would say 9.4 million people constitutes a mass mass exodus. I don't know what you mean by mass, but hey, that's nearly 10 million people. That got Donald Trump. That got him that victory. They don't want to admit it. But since then, we've also seen polls from Gallup showing that people are less likely to identify as liberal, less likely to be Democrat, or I think to be liberal. Many people are walking away. And when you look at all these numbers, when you look at the main seg- the segment I did over at youtube.com slash Timcast today about how Gallup is showing that congressional approval for Republicans has flipped for the first time in nearly 15 years, it stands to reason that Dem exit is a real thing. I don't know who thinks Joe Biden is going to be better for this country and this economy, like legitimately. I know there's a lot of people who are resistance types who seem to think that no matter what happens, Trump is bad, no matter what he does. I don't believe these people are real. I got to be honest. I think these pro Biden types just want to fit in. So they're all pretending like Biden is the right choice. I think the Bernie people really, really, really do want Bernie. I think many of them are socialists and far left, 
but they're being blocked by establishment Democrats who don't actually care, have no principles, haven't thought for two seconds about what it would mean if Biden won. They just want to fit in with the media machine. So they, they, have, they, they mentioned draft Bernie. I don't care about this. Who, is the other, who are the other groups? The Green Party that I get. Right wing trolls. Now, as we move into the future, let's talk about who they're really accusing. I bring you Ava DuVernay. And, and, and who is she's a movie director, I think. She says me at all these Russian bots trying to push Dem exit and the people falling for it. That's right. One response says, and it's like pulling teeth with teeth with these folks. They're content to watch the whole country burn down over the course of the next four years. You think Joe Biden is going to be able to negotiate with a foreign country? He's going to be talking to Kim Jong-un and be like, we, we cannot fire missiles. We, I'm sorry, fire, fire the missiles. And then he's going to be like, OK, beep. That's, that's going to be Joe Biden mumbling and muttering. He's going to be in North Korea and be like, it's really great to be here in, in Iran to, to negotiate this deal. And North Korea is going to be like, uh, he's going to forget where he is. The dude is 77. You're talking about electing a man who will be in his 80s. And you think that is a path forward? Look, I get it. Trump is old, but he is. I got to say, Trump is the young man in this race. Isn't that weird and freaky? But wait, there's more. I don't know who this is. This is uh, Ellie Mistel, verified Twitter user. Dear bots, I will vote for the Democratic nominee, even if the Democrats nominate coronavirus. (laughs) Miss me with this Dem exit crap, please. Even if it's for the coronavirus. This is someone literally saying that they would prefer death and destruction over the orange man. Is it really that bad? You ever seen the movie Dogma? I'm reminded of that scene where, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's about two, two angels who are condemned to earth and they're in Wisconsin and they try to get back into heaven. And Alan Rittman's character is like, was, was, was Wisconsin really that bad? And, you know, it's like, is, is Trump really that bad? Like, you don't know, like the guy, the orange man, you'd actually rather have a virus. I get it. It's a joke. It's a stupid joke. But come on, voting for Joe Biden, that to me is nuts. Like if someone said they were going to vote for Trump, I'd be like, oh man, Trump's a nasty dude, but I get it. Voting for Joe Biden, you might as well put a mannequin in that chair who's not going to do anything. That would be better than Biden because Biden's got cognitive issues. And, I, and now I bring you to this tweet. Now, I don't know who Stephanie Kennedy is, but the reason I highlight this tweet is because it's what actually comes up on Google when you first search for Demexit. She said, and here we go. Demexit is produced and promoted by Putin approved bots and puppets. Bernie bros included Team Russia. I can't, I can't, I can't do it, man. I feel like, you know, uh, you ever see that Futurama when, when the professor's like, I don't want to live on this planet anymore. These people actually believe this Russia stuff. Dismiss and move on. Americans must be united in nominating the Democratic candidate who can beat Trump and save our country. And that is decidedly Joe Biden. Are you crazy? These people have lost it. You know, man, I live in the real world. Bernie can't win. Biden can't win. No, no, no. I'll say this. A lot of people said the same thing about Trump. Biden could possibly win. And to be real, with coronavirus bouncing around all crazy like, it's entirely possible this really, really does hurt Trump's presidency. He's been downplaying this. And now we've got this weird containment zone in New York starting to freak people out. I'll do, I'll do more on the coronavirus later for the later show. But I'll just say this now. If Trump doesn't get a, get a hold on this, it's possible Bernie, uh, uh, Joe Biden, I mean, maybe even Bernie, really, do, really, really can win. I do not believe Bernie Sanders will be the nominee. By the time you watch this, 
mini Tuesday may, may already be over. So that's possible. But I think Joe Biden's going to take this. And I think Joe Biden's going to fail in the general election. But there are a lot of variables. Let me put it this way. When we look at the economy, we look at politics, we look at approval ratings. Trump seems to be in, you know, first place. But you got to factor in the variables we can't count on, like coronavirus, in which case, who knows? That in mind, Dem exit may play a role in this. There are a lot of people who are angry and you might see, look, there's Bernie or bust people, right? These are the people that are like, if it's not Bernie, I won't vote. But there's Bernie or, or burn it to the ground. There's the Bernie people who are thinking chaos vote. Go vote for Trump. Teach the Democrats a lesson. I'm not kidding. There were many people who did that in 2016. Bernie Sanders voters who said, you know what? I'm going to vote for Trump to, to give them some comeuppance. We'll see how it plays out. But I guess the big news now is going to be the coronavirus. So we'll get to that later tonight. Stick around. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. A court in the UK has ruled you cannot be gender neutral on your passport. And it seems like it should be obvious as to why you can't be gender neutral on your passport. Yet there are still some countries that for some reason are allowing people to put X's on their passports. This to me makes literally no sense. Do you know why we have on your ID your gender? It's not because we want to insult you by misgendering you. It's because we're trying to identify you, but also it has to do with medical issues. Men and women, males and females, require different kinds of medical treatments. In fact, I believe I I did a segment on this a while ago for Subverse. It was in 1992. The U.S. passed a law saying that clinical trials had to be performed on men and women, males and females, because they affect them differently. If you pass it on the floor and they start looking through your wallet, maybe maybe, maybe you're, you're ambiguous and gender neutral. They still need to know what kind of body you have because you literally have different organs. It's not an exaggeration. And so if they're going to try and do something to help you, they're not going to open your pants. They should look at your ID and see if you're male or female, but people want to change their IDs. And you know what, man, look, to an extent, I think it's fine, but you understand why passports are a bigger issue. Not every country recognizes the same rules and the same, you know, uh, customs, cultures. So if you're going to try and enter a foreign country with an X on your passport, don't be surprised if they say no. I'm not, a, I'm not kidding. I've thought about this because I've traveled so much and I was like, if somebody took a passport, like if you got, you can get your driver's license to say M or F. I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's dangerous for medical reasons, but ultimately I don't care if people want to do whatever they want to do. Fine. It's whatever. The passport thing was different. Like if the United States is willing to be, you know, secular and leftist and recognize a lot of these ideas, what are you going to do when you fly to say, I don't know, like the Middle East? I don't know why you would, but some people do. Or maybe you go to a country, you know, in Eastern Europe, because many of them are still much more conservative and won't recognize this. And they're going to look at it and they're going to be like, what is this? Sorry, you can't come in. When you're dealing with foreign countries, you are, you are going to them and asking for a favor. May I enter your country for these reasons? And they, at their own discretion, can say no. To me, it's absurd. But you know, the courts agreed. What's interesting is that it's in the Netherlands. I, I think I mentioned this. They, they put an X on your passport. I got to tell you, man, these people in the UK, in the US, these leftists live in their own reality. It's a fraction of Twitter that has, that has amplified these fringe voices from the corners of, of, of the earth of Western democracy that normally can't speak out, that if they went on the street and, and, and said these things, they'd be ridiculed. But online, they find each other 
And then it looks like there's a large community. Now, technically there is. But when you rally around loud, angry lunatics, don't be surprised when regular people think you've lost your mind. Now, let me read this story. Now, now I'm not talking about whether or not someone is gender neutral or trans or like that. By all means, you do you and you live the way you want to live. I'm all about that freedom, man. If you want to walk around doing your thing, dressing how you want to dress, I really don't care. You want to say nasty things to other people? Really don't care. It's when you cross that line into start, you know, attacking people or using authoritarian, you know, authoritarianism is where I start to sort of draw the line. My criticism here is specifically about how you think you're going to be able to go to a foreign country and ask them a favor. And if they don't recognize your culture, why would you bother getting a passport in that regard? Let's read. Metro says a court has ruled that people cannot have passports with their gender unspecified. Uh, Campaigner uh, Christy Ellen Kane brought the challenge to the court of appeal, arguing that passports with X instead of a gender should be available. They believe the UK's passport application process, which requires individuals to indicate whether they are male or female, is inherently discriminatory. It doesn't matter because it's not about your laws. It's about international treaties. If you want to get your ID to say QX whatever, then go ahead and do it. At a hearing in December, three senior judges were told that the government's current policy on gender neutral passports is unlawful and breaches human rights laws. This, uh, this individual said, X passports, I regret to inform that the appeal court has ruled in the UK government's favor in a judgment handed down this morning. We intend to seek permission for the case to be heard at the Supreme Court. Ellen Kane took the case to the Court of Appeal after judicial review action was dismissed by the High Court in June 2018. The appeal, which was contested by the Home Office, centers on the lawfulness of the current policy administered by Her Majesty's Passport Service. It's part of the Home Office. It was argued that the policy breaches the right to respect private life and the right not to be discriminated against on the basis of gender or sex under the European Convention on Human, uh, Human Rights. At the December hearing, Kate Gallifant for Ellen Kane told the judges, this is an important case in the anxious context of the, pro- uh, of the proper understanding and respect for the intimate human rights of the affected class, persons whose gender identity is neither or uh, is neither or neither exclusively male or female. But Lady Justice Eleanor King read out a ruling at the Court of Appeal today saying there can be little more central to a citizen's private life than gender. In this case, however, the passport issue cannot reasonably be considered in isolation, given that the driver for change is the notion of respect for gender identity across the board. The court finds that there was no positive obligation on the state to provide an X marker in order to ensure the right of the appellant to respect for private life. Therefore, the current policy of HMPO does not amount to an unlawful breach of the appellant's Article 8 private life rights. The court accepts that the article issue go uh, the article the court accepts that the issue goes to gender identity and is an issue central to a person's Article 8 private life. Man, I have no idea what that means. I'm not from the UK, but let's read anyway. The judge, however, was right in deciding that the state had a relatively wide margin of appreciation when striking the balance between private and public interests or convention rights, notwithstanding that an issue of individual's identity is at stake. The court finds that the X marker is just one part of a bigger picture that requires a coherent, structured approach across all the areas where the issue of non-binary gender arises, particularly given the discussions as to whether there should be any gender boxes on passports or indeed other or documents at all. There is not yet any consensus across Council of Europe, Europe states in relation to either the broad issue of the recognition of non-binary people or the narrow issue of the use of X markers on passports. 
although there is momentum within Europe in relation to how the status of non-binary people is to be recognized, and the time may come when the fair balance has shifted. In relation to the alleged discrimination under Articles 8 and 14, the court found that the question of whether the difference in treatment was objectively justified would result in the same answer as that in relation to Article 8, private life, that the current policy in relation to the issuing of X marked passports does not, therefore, amount to unlawful discrimination under Article 14. Okay, let me break that down for you. If you've made it through all that, my general understanding is they said something quite simple and logical. For one, maybe in the future this will change as other countries in the EU start to recognize how, you know, we accept passports. But there needs to be a structure as to what makes sense and why we have these things in the first place. Perhaps the issue should be the removal of the gender marker entirely instead of just adding an X. Laws and precedent need to exist in order for these changes to be made. For the time being, there are countries on this planet that do not recognize non-binary and they don't care what you think you are. They want to appropriately identify you. Otherwise, they won't let you in their country. I do not understand why anyone would try to get this done on their passport when dealing with an international system, international treaties that may result in a country looking at it and saying, denied, I don't know what an X is. When you come into the United States, they fingerprint you. I think they, I think all they do is take your picture and fingerprint you. They might even take pictures of your eyes or something. I don't know. If you're an American citizen, you don't get your fingerprints taken because we have a constitutional right. But visitors don't have that right. They do have rights once they come in the country, not when they're trying to enter our borders. It is the discretion of the border guard. Therefore, if you are from the UK and you get an X on your passport, it's entirely possible an American, and we're talking about Western, a Western liberal constitutional republic. I mean, liberal is in freedom, not liberal is in the left. It is entirely possible that this guy at the border is a conservative. And he says, what's X? And you say, I'm non-binary. And he says, I don't know what that is. Do you, are, you, are you a man or a woman? And then you don't answer. They say, denied. And it's their discretion. I know people who have tried to enter countries and they have been, not been denied because it is the officer who says yes or no. So for me, I get it. If your identity is more important to you than actually entering the country, then that's fine. Like, do your thing. I just think, for one, I, I, I can agree with the court. I don't know how you're supposed to function as a society with no rules. Like the laws they've passed in the New York are so overarching and so broad, they literally don't make sense. Now they'll probably be challenged by courts. But how do you enforce this? How, how is a business supposed to know what they can or can't do if the rules literally in New York, the law is you can't discriminate based on self-expression? What does that even mean? That's literally the law. It says gender identity. And then in the law, gender identity is your personal self-expression. So what? You could walk around dressed like that Borat in that bathing suit and say, it's my self-expression. Don't discriminate. Well, someone will challenge it in the courts. Someone will say yes or no, and it'll, and it'll finally start to figure out where it is. But for the time being, you can literally take anyone to, I mean, they say you can sue a ham sandwich. It doesn't mean you're going to win. But right now you can claim a human rights violation in New York for the most ridiculous reasons because these laws have become so absurdly broad. I'll leave it there. Look, I got no beef, no issue with anybody who wants to live however they want to live, do their thing. I'm all about freedom. So much respect and you know, no problem here. The issue here is international treaties and recognizing your culture doesn't dominate the earth. You are not a, a, a cultural supremacist. You know, your, your culture is not supreme. Other countries have rights to their beliefs. 
And if you want to get a passport to go to another country, don't be surprised when they give you the boot. I'll leave it there. Stick around. Next segment will be tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out. I will see you all next time.